Welcome to the Playtest Podcast. In this episode, I talk with the Glitch Factory. We talk about their positions at the company and also their upcoming game, No Place for Bravery. Go check them out at theglitchfactory.com and also please rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps for others to see this podcast too. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy. If you want to start off, um, maybe you can introduce yourself, your you know full name, and then your title, and that way I can okay. refer to you throughout the podcast. Uh, you know, if I have questions about art or design, or would you like to start off yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna pass the 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 microphone around around here, so okay. everyone can introduce themselves. All right, great. My name is Pedro Pedro Machado. I'm the game's designer and composer also the composer so i do all the sound effects and music that you hear in the game okay great okay. hey dan uh, hey. i am tulio mendes i'm one of the artists of the team and i'm directing directing the project right now so if you want to blame someone about the art <laughs> me. okay great Hey Dan, how are you? I am Matheus. We're talking through email. Oh yes. I'm responsible okay. for social media here and a little PR. So if you wanna ask something, that's with me. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds good. What's up? Hey. Um, I am João S. You may call me Jumps. I guess it's easy. It's your name. <laughs> Okay. So uh, I am the main animator. Uh, me and Tulio, we both animate, but like I'm the main <laughs> Yeah, he, he directs me, and that's it. <laughs> Great. Hey, Dan. I'm hey. Caio, Caio Fernandes. I handle um, the business part and try to produce a little too, sometimes handle marketing. All right. Great. Okay. <laughs> in the we're passing an, an iPad yes, around here, so it's really funny Thank to see him. <laughs> All right, cool, let's start. So, is that everybody? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Great. Otavio, Otavio Swat is in the room, but he's a little busy. Yeah. Otavio, our, our and... programmer, he's he's working right now, so he's just listening and nodding. Uh, well, yeah. well, all of you guys are doing everything else but yeah. work. So. <laughs> so, this is work too, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the programmer is doing all the work while we are just goofing off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back in the South Mines. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, um, you know, first I want to start off. Uh, how did you guys all get together to create this, uh, the Glitch Factory? Well, yeah. 2012, I, I met Otavio. We, we were able to work together in a company of uh, yeah, they, uh, educational company. Yeah, educational, educational company. Doing some sort of games, but not not really games, you know. Mm-hmm. And from then, we are getting to know the team and united the people we want to work together until we have this team today. But there was a time there uh, I. I ran out from the team, and then they. Yeah, actually, some of us are friend. Uh, yeah, our childhood friends. 
Me okay. and Caio and Otavio, the programmer. And we so we know we know each other for a long, oh, long, long time. Our whole life, actually. And Otavio, I think Otavio was the first one to get into yeah. game development. Yeah. He, he has a degree. Yeah. He has a game game development degree, actually. He studied oh, okay. game development here in Brasilia. And he met Tulio in this company Tulio was talking about. Mm-hmm. And they started, started doing doing some small educational projects and games for this company. And at the time, he... he when was that? That was 2012, 2012 right? Okay. He invited me to, to participate in the project, and then Caio. And then I think the, the team just grew from there. We met other people and other artists, and we just tried to develop games. All very amateurish, I, I'd say. <laughs> just, yeah, just a hobby. Almost. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was a hobby right. for like two years, and then it became a job, but it still, I mean, functioned as a hobby. And then it started to function as a, a really serious thing, I think, two years yeah, ago. It started it to work. It gets uh, more professional when, when Kaio and Pedro united to... Yeah, more business guys to, to the company, you know? Yeah. Because work really, not not as a hobby, but as a job. <laughs> They're the ones to blame to ruin the fun, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Less hours played, more hours developing games, you know? Right. So we started working more seriously as a company around 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We spent the whole year developing a game called Party Saboteurs a local espionage party game for PC. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's all, it's out on Steam right now. So, and starting last last year, right? Yeah, beginning yeah, of, last year, in the beginning of April, we started working on No Place for Bravery, which oh, really? is, okay. it is a, a compendium of ideas we had yeah. our whole lives. So, yeah. So a lot of ideas of uh, early games that we, we didn't make and united in one one big game that is the big, big company game, you yeah. know, our big project. Right. Like so that. what made you guys want to do uh, uh, Party Saboteurs first? What was, um, I mean, I, I think the game itself has, mechanically, I've been looking at it. I haven't played it yet, but um, I would like to soon. Uh, I just think the uh, mechanics are are really great. And what? how did you come about that idea to make that game? How did we come about? <laughs> I think we, we were like, we, we were we were attempting to not do it as a hobby anymore. And, and when, back when we started Party Saboteur. So the first thing we thought is, Let's do a game that is small enough so we can complete it as a team uh, working more professionally. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it it started there, a small game. So, okay, a party game can be smaller than, than other kind of games. So let's try that's, this. Do... Uh, that's what we thought. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we thought back then. That was the idea. <laughs> so we can do a party game and it has to be like a local game so we won't have to deal with online stuff. Right. And I believe that it started right there. And then we, we started to tried to think about the games we like, and Pedro started to merge in different games we, we use it to, to see and mechanics we use it to like. Yeah, the game is very inspired by a... Well, it's not a board game. It's... How do you say a game that... How do you... Mafia. Mafia. 
So it's, oh, it's based by a, on a, on, a, on Mafia. A, oh, okay. Are you talking a, about the Mafia the app, like on uh, the Facebook app, or Mafia the no, no, no. third person game from? No, no, no. It's, it's, a kind, it's, it's a kind of game that no, people, no, people yeah. get together and play. But it's like a, oh yes, a, okay, I'm familiar yeah, with it. Yeah, it's a role playing game. Right, it's like a role playing game. It's a role playing game that you there is a a killer and right. some villagers and the detective like that. And by and blinking and around the table, you have to like find out who is who, and it's a really fast-paced game. It's pretty. a very popular game yes. in Brazil. I don't know if you guys haven't. You know what? Either. Yes, I've yeah, played it once. I wasn't sure um, what form of mafia. I know there's so, there's so many different games called mafia, but yeah, the form of yeah. the actual having friends and um, yeah. you know, I don't there have many friends, so I don't play it much. This game. <laughs> there's a lot of variations for this game in Brazil. Like there's some people call it the city city slips. And oh, yeah. there's a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, a lot of difference. They're all the same game. There's actually a video game based on this this game called Town of Satan, right? Yeah. I think that's the name of the game. Oh, so, really? yeah, the, the okay. whole, yeah. The whole idea of the game is to, des- uh, to deceive no. people yeah. and try to know to guess who's the killer. Not only inside the game, but uh, you know, you have to hide your controls and there is- No, oh, okay. But I'm talking play. about about Mafia. Yes, ah, okay, okay. So that's, that was the, the our first inspiration to make a party game that translated those deception mechanics into a digital party game. Yeah. Okay, that's really media. cool. So it's very physical, like not only is it, um, you know, really based on the actual game you're playing, but it's uh, very based on the physical activity of playing the game to figure out. Yeah, that's okay. a big, exactly. big design point on the game. Right. We wanted to to make a game that is aware that people are playing right next to, to each other. Right. So it is a game that takes into consideration that you can look to take a peek at your friend's controller. Like okay. people used to do when playing GoldenEye back in the day. Yeah, right. <laughs> My earliest memory of having that type of uh, gameplay like with a, a friend was uh, there's this game called Techno Bowl on the, uh, n- the first Nintendo. And mm-hmm. you would have to pick your plays, um, the plays for you know the, the football team to play out. But if you knew that oh, person's play uh, already, like be- when you pick it, then you could figure out what to pick in order to like, you know, f- pretty much fight against to defend that play. And I think I I think that was like so much fun, um, you know, being yeah. able to kind of like spy on the your competitor, you know. Yeah, that's exactly the the, the the thing we were aiming for, yes. trying to to cheat on your friends, <laughs> <laughs> make enemies, right? Yeah, make enemies. <laughs> well, so, but the the, the I, game started I, very I still, I still have problems with Kyle. Some trust issues developed after we started playing. Now the company's going under, and you all hate each other because of your first game you made, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fights around here. <laughs> well, that's great. So, how did the idea for um, No Place for Bravery come about? Who whose uh, initial idea was it? 
think it was uh, Pedro who comes with the idea. You know, uh, for the second game, we, we really want to to aim in a in a bigger bigger audience, bigger yeah, audience, bigger and audience. To, to reach more people. We know that a, a party game has a has a small scope, you know, and we we want people to see us, and we are confident that we can deliver a bigger game now. Yeah, that was our first idea. Yes. We wanted to develop a, a a broader game, a game that would reach more people. Yeah. I think I think that that idea was a, was around since we started party saboteurs. We were like, okay, let's do. We, everyone wants to do a, a bigger game, you know that, but let's hold it a little longer and do a smaller game, a local game, so we can work well as a team and and make major this process and then once we finally after one year of a small game that should have been a small game we we were done with party and, and it was um launched we we were like okay now we can do a bigger game let's do a bigger game we <laughs> wanted it for so long we can start thinking about it and i think uh, there is when us we really started to learn how to be a a bigger company, you know, we we think not we know. Bigger company, no, no, a real company. Yeah, We think we, we we learn a lot of, about our process and creative stuff. But when we are sitting doing bravery, we 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 perceive we discover we discover that uh, there is a little bit harder, you know, and we are in the process right now to create and learning while we are doing it. Right. Well, that's good. I think that's the best part um, of making a game because you're always trying to um, come upon these um, hard parts of uh, development. And that's what makes you want to like try harder. So which I've seen that a lot in um, just from the difference of uh, party saboteurs to uh, no place for bravery. I feel like the the art alone is completely different and a completely different game. And so I mean, that's got to be fun for you guys to um, be working on something so different and um, something that yeah. you can explore a lot more. It is yeah. fun and stressful yeah. also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could imagine. Really, really stressful. I think it's funny when you say that it's different because when I, I create in uh, Bravery, uh, they, the only thing that is different from Paris Saboteurs is the character proportion. You proportions, know, yeah. proportions, uh, right. the, the scenery, the, the, the ambientation. I, I use the same logic, you know, but but with a medieval aesthetic, yeah. Right, and so do you so, feel with such a, a huge game as well? How big is No Place for Bravery in the first place? Like, is it um, an open world game, or is it really like um, cut yes. down to map sizes, or how does that work? <laughs> It's kind of uh, uh, you play it in, in part, you know. In, in the beginning of the game, it's, it's, very, it's really linear, you know. Uh -huh. You play the main story and, and the development, but when you it's kind of Chrono Trigger when you take Chrono Trigger, yeah. When you take the epoch until that moment, you are uh, going linear in the game, and then it happens something you can go to anywhere you want, but place you have already gone, you yeah. Know? It, it happens a lot in the Zelda games, too, like. Okay. For, first, the, it's a linear story, and then the, the world expands, and you can go anywhere you want. So you can fill the blanks with the narrative and story. Yeah, but I would say it's not exactly a yeah, sandbox yeah, game. No, you no, can't no. do whatever sure. you yeah. want all the time. It is. It has a. It is a little bit open, but at the same time, it's very linear. So I guess maybe okay. like Dark Souls in yeah, that yeah. respect. Okay. We start to think yeah. more about the 
cutscenes and history, lore, and, and narrative things, and we we realize realize yeah. that we we need to to hold the player a little bit more to be able to tell what we are willing to tell, you know. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so, how does um, the story and all play a part in the game? How uh, is the narrative brought about? Is it really is there cutscenes, or is it based through text? Or I mean, from the little bit of what I've seen, I feel just like the ambiance of the um, your surroundings tell its story. Um, you know, in all. But what is really the background of the, uh, we will the game? Write, I think we will tell the stories through the backgrounds and the ambientation. But we we are also having good scenes and dialogues and everything. But we never. I think that we don't want to do is to be ex- exposed, exposed, exposed. Yeah, it's to rely the, too much on exposition. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, we want to the players to be able to interpret. To, to have interpret a, things interpret by himself. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's, it's a, we will tell things, but a little bit open, you know, to to let him create his these stories in his mind, you know. And when we're thinking about bravery, the 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 player posture, like in Paris Saturday, you know, when we seek to play a, a an RPG, an RPG game, you uh-huh. you have a posture, you know, you want to be a hero, you want to be someone who save save the world and defy. The, uh, kill the violence and stuff like that, you know. And and that's uh and that's why the title of the game is no place for bravery. You know, it's a tip of what we're doing with this player posture. Yeah, we want to do the opposite of a power fantasy with no place for bravery. I think we we're going to to talk about that a lot well, during this conversation. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, do do you want to to talk a little bit about the, the story itself? I think we'll, I mean, a little bit. So yeah, the the game the the game has this high fantasy set setting, uh-huh. a little bit like Lord of the Rings or any other RPG out there. Okay, <laughs> but it also has a in post-apocalyptic uh, setting. So the story revolves around a world that is being devastated, devastated by huge entities. Yes, a medieval post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's an interesting theme. I've never seen that before. I was I was looking at uh, screenshots of the game, and like you have like these huge relics that just seem like broken down and just really deteriorated. Yeah. And it's kind of like you don't get that view when you're playing kind of like a period piece game. Of course, you have you know the the whole ne- like necromancers and you know very like you said Dark Souls Diablo like, but you really don't get that in those type of games where you feel like there was a world that was lived in before the time frame that you're playing a part of so um yeah, yeah. it looks like it plays a real uh big uh part in just lore in itself so yeah yeah the game's world is almost done i mean all the civilization is gone so that's why you're seeing so many destroyed buildings and ancient ruins yeah. it's because Everything is, has fallen apart, and you are playing as a group of survivors in this world, trying to, I don't know, to find, a, to find a meaning or to understand what happened and and delving into some deeper questions. I think I think bravery has a, this. It, it really means something to the game that it's a post-apocalyptic world because it it evolves a lot around being a survivor and being a hero and like 
being a brave person or playing as a brave uh, character in the world that you don't know what is to be brave and uh, you don't know what happened. So the, we, we tell the narrative in, in such a way that we don't tell the, the player what happened exactly and where is he and why he's that. We, we go, we tell part of the story and he has to, I don't know, understand what's happening with the scenarios and with the, the yeah. good scenes and a little dialogue here and there to, to try to understand why is he doing that and or what should he, he been doing and what decisions the, the player will, will, will make alongside the, the, the game I, I takes guess place. this, this non-informational scenario that we're building is like it's most like what, what we want the player to be the drive for him to finish it. Right. Yes. Okay. And how does the um, the characters in the game, the protagonists, uh, play a part in the story? Do they have their own voices and personalities, or are they just used as kind of like a building it, block for it the? Kind of, Go ahead. It's just kind of a, a problem we had in the early days of Bravery. You know, we we don't we didn't ha really have uh, characters to to give a face or, or to be there, you know, Don't we change a little bit of our scope when we change the, the point of view. First, the point of view will be the player, the characters will be kind of discartavis. Yeah. That was our first idea, to, to make discartavis. Yeah, they were disposable, disposable, disposable. characters. The, the, okay. Our first idea was actually to make an, a roguelike. You can actually, you can see this on our our, for our early posts on Reddit and you know, the TGI forum, so CID mm -hmm. forum, sorry. Uh, but we changed it because we, we thought it didn't fit our narrative and our high concept. We understood we needed to, to give some some deep deeper, uh, we needed deeper characters. We needed to to the players to be able to understand the difference among the characters they were playing with. So yeah, the game now is character driven. It's really character driven. Yeah. Okay, well, that's characters. great to hear. But, yeah, but there is a uh, kind of a dialogue between the game and the player. You know, like in Perceptors, uh, the game knows it's a game. The characters don't, but the game knows it's a game being played. You know, I, I think it's hard to explain without <laughs> uh, you having the experience. You know, but it's kind of something like this. Well, that's good because okay. I, I feel certain games like uh, like the first, well, Diablo as an example. Um, mm -hmm. You pick your avatar and you play as that avatar, but there wasn't really a connection between the um, character and the world. It was more based on um, just looking at the world through that character. And I feel like when you have, especially four different characters uh, telling a story of their viewpoint, it gives a wider a variety of um, how they see the world. And it gives more of an idea of how you should feel about being in those um, uh, those ruins in the Lord of the Rings yeah. type, you know? That's exactly it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We were trying to achieve this, this capacity of bonding with, with the character. And, and right. Yeah. The I feeling think... I got when I played Diablo in the early days, that's the only... Only time we get connected with the, the character itself is like in the end of the game, and I, I don't know if the the feeling that we get when the the soul stone the the character uses the soul stone on himself. I'm yeah. not trying to give any spoilers on Diablo One. <laughs> it's pretty old, <laughs> but, so I think it's pretty good. <laughs> but it's like the the end of the game. It's the only moment you you get connected to the character somehow, and. I'm not saying Diablo is a bad game. It's, it's a game I love. I played Diablo one, two, and sure. three, and it's—I it, don't know—it's I love it. But 
it's that kind of problem that we see in RPG games. Like, there's kind of a formula that almost single RPG follows, and that's something we're trying to... Yeah, Skyrim, I think Skyrim has the same problem. I don't really feel that that this is a character I control uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that has its own history. It just tries to, to mirror my decisions. I don't know. Right. I, I agree completely with you. I was going to bring up the same example because I'm a huge fan of the Elder Scrolls games and I've yeah, played them since the, the first one. And, um, wow. My my yeah I know I've gone back and played a little bit of Arena and Daggerfall. They're pretty rough, but but um, they're great games, of course. But I feel like the narrative they try to tell, and I feel Oblivion was really the only one that was able to kind of explain like a really hard and um, stayed on the line of the story and you know kept you along for it. But I feel like the lack of your character being a part of it was, uh, you know, was a, a big problem. And, and I understand their design points in doing that. But I feel like games like, like, uh, and I know it's a completely different game, but you'll understand my connection. Like games like Half-Life 2 um, yeah. allowed for the worlds to evolve around you, but you still had literally no voice, but you still made a huge impact in that world. So you felt like you were yeah. playing this character. And I think they did a really good job in explaining that and having that. Now, with your game, of course, it's different. Of course, you're looking directly at these characters and you you know and see who they are constantly and how they move and react. But And I think that's also a great way to be able to implement those characters and their story and how they look upon the world, you know? Yeah, yeah I think the, the, the history of bravery, uh, it happening in layers you know there is a layer of the world and the world that characters are in and the entities and the the village and the people who have their own view there is a there is a, a, a layer a of yeah, a, a layer of the, the characters the everyone has his his own point of view of the world too and there is another layer a superior one of the player playing the game you know you know the characters know the world and he too will you have to to he interpretate what you yeah. see you know i guess yeah. we're aiming to something like the we're exposing the world the characters in the story and everything and not trying to the, the player to de develop a vision of the game uh, that that's what we, we're aiming for but like not a solid set it set it view it's like every player that plays a game will build a different vision of of the world and like uh Depending on which characters they bond with and which parts of the yeah. story, we, we're trying to develop like uh, every every character will have its own feelings and the way it speaks and the the way it behaves and that's that we show it that, that in the dialogues. So every player will have a different vision of what what happens in the game, and that that's what we're mainly striving for. Okay, well, that's a great thing to look forward to. I think that's something where it comes across in the um, the trailer that you have these um, uh, four characters that you you know can easily bond with because they're so different in their own way. And so I'm excited to see like how the actual gameplay you know unravels. How do you exactly play the four characters? Uh, are you do you move them separately or do they all move in groups? How does that work? 
You actually control only one of the characters. Okay. And but you can yeah, switch between yeah. But you can switch between them, kind of like um, kind of like Dragon Age or something like that. Yeah, yeah a little bit similar to Dragon Age. Yeah, I think Dragon Age is a good yeah, example. The combat system is similar to Kingdom Hearts. Yes. You you will be playing with one character, and the AI is going to control the other three. But you can switch between them anytime you want. So yeah, oh, really? Okay. Or like Dragon Age. Okay, well, that's really cool. Because it looked almost like turn-based to me, but you actually are able to move the characters how you want, yeah. and they have their own attacks. That's the thing. We started with a different mechanic gameplay mechanic and it was the, the first the idea was to make a game similar to super time force i don't know if you played that one yes i have actually the idea was you would control one character and then play for about 10 seconds then the time would rewind back 10 okay. seconds and you would select another character and play alongside the yeah game. alongside the first one okay but we we spent a lot of months trying to to make polish it. to make yeah, it work. Yeah, to make it work like we made, we made it work, but we, it was not that fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's exactly the, the feeling when <laughs> we finally got it. Like, man, it's work. Let's play. Oh, but it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> and what was boring it about it? Uh, well, every, I, every time you play in the time of Hawaii. It, it seems that some things were going wrong, you know? It, it don't really happen the, the way they, they needed to happen, well, something like that. I, my, my, the, the, thing that I, the feeling that I got playing, playing Super Time Force was that the, the game was too casual and too fast. That okay. was the, the, my, my personal feeling. Yeah, my personal feeling. And that why I, that's why I didn't like the, the, game, the gameplay so much. Right. But when we tried to to do a similar mechanic, more, a more precise, we more discovered much. that this casual this casual feeling and this arcadey mechanics are there because the game needs needed it. Yes. Right. Super Time Force. I, I mean, I respect them a lot more now. I already respected them, of course. <laughs> they are <laughs> yeah. Yeah. industry <laughs> legends for us. Yeah, Sword yeah. and Sorcery and is are, one of the uh, our main, main sources of yeah, inspiration. inspiration yes. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, beautiful, beautiful game. Yeah, it is. And, you know, talking about the... Um, the art, I, yeah, in your game, it's it's very unique in the way to where it f it uh, feels like uh, it it's its own, you know, aesthetic. Like it hasn't been done before. Man, you are the first one to say that. Man, <laughs> 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 you are making two artists very happy right now. <laughs> well, good, good because the I main, feel. Go ahead. The main comment we receive is, "Oh, this game is beautiful. It looks exactly like Hyper Light Drifter." <laughs> Yeah. You have good, you have good eyes, you know. Yeah. Good eyes. <laughs> Tulu is smiling, smiling a lot here. So. Well, yeah, uh, you know, I feel like the it uh, just has its own aesthetic in the way to where um, I don't know. There's certain things that the art highlights that other games really don't. That it, it kind of just um, yeah. they allow it to just kind of fade in the background. And with your guys's art style, like it kind of highlights all that, and it makes the uh, surroundings um, a lot more Very alive. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like yeah. in the in the trailer they had like um, you know 
the whole group are like you know running through and like the deer kind of like runs off to the side and i'm like yeah. wow this is like an actual world like you know these uh you know there's animals that react to it and it just felt like very natural and so i feel like that's why like, it, it does yeah and i feel like uh, the trailer like it just kind of has this like like very um just nice like tone to it to where the music just really captured this feeling of like kind of um stop and smell the roses but it's like at the same time you're <laughs> you're playing this game that's uh you're you're killing everything in, in your way but you know what i mean like i think that's what's so interesting about it that's what's like so cool aesthetically with this game so i you know applaud your guys's art and the way you've uh tied in that the mechanics with that all so it it kind of brings uh to me you know really wanting to understand the story and like how that comes out because that's only gonna uplift all of that altogether, which i'm really excited for yes we've been we've been looking for for some i i'm really happy to listen you just saying that about aesthetics because that's what we're trying to to do when we like have when we were talking earlier about the the narrative and how we only we don't tell it consistently all the narrative to the player we only let them think about it and feel it and when you see like a beautiful world you're playing in and then it's so it's such a a, i mean a bad world that it kills everyone everyone is dead and and it's only for survivors (laughs) why is the world so beautiful so so mean to to everyone like what's happening here (laughs) what's this world right we're trying to to make you and you know, like I that. really, I really saw that in, and I know it's a completely different game, but we're talking about video games, and uh, one that I really enjoyed was Firewatch. I don't know if uh, you guys were yeah. able to play that. We or, didn't. Uh, has anyone played Firewatch I completely? I only watch uh, a lot of gameplays. When we watched yeah. the trailer, well, I guess we we there, mainly me and Tulio, I guess we we fell in love with the atmosphere and the art of the game. Yeah, and that's what I kind of get from you guys. What I had with uh, Firewatch is, even though you're telling this, you know, narrative story and it's really heavy, um, a lot of the game is exploring and you're seeing these, um, something that's very simple and that you kind of like, you know, when you go on a vacation or something, you see like the wilderness and it's it's gorgeous and everything. But I feel like Firewatch was able to capture that in its own, like, its own way. It was very like beautiful and you know shiny and you know and i feel like the art came across very well in um in that video game and i think it's just because they were able to take a game that of course the game doesn't look like amazing it's not like the greatest graphics in the world but i think that's what that was a um art standpoint and with your guys's game even though it's this uh, it's a pixelated game um, you're using those type of graphics to tell a story and to be also be able to show a beautiful world that's so simple but looks so natural. And so, you know, I, I feel like that um, plays a part in the narrative as well, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that the, was the, the goal. Uh, the, the, the word of bravery, for sure, is a character, you know. You will get to know right. Yeah, exactly. So seeing like the ruins and everything, you're you're always wondering. And of course, I haven't even played the game. This I'm getting this all from screenshots and a trailer that I've seen. But you know, I've already felt that way with um, what I've what I've seen. So, what kind of games do you think you guys um, influenced you guys the most? And putting 
um, no place for bravery aside for a moment because I feel like um, figuring out what games you grew up with and what you spent the most time of um, explains well, so much of your personality. So what do you guys think? We are very, a very diverse team in this, this respect. Hmm. Do you like completely different games that I than I? So I always, I'm more of mechan- a mechanics type of designer. I love games like uh, FTL and yeah. And that game you're ripping Dark off? Dungeon. No, I'm just what? kidding. I said that game you're ripping off? No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I like systems more than, than narratives, to be, to be honest with you. Okay. So, but Tulio likes whole different class uh, of games like more uh, a character driven narrative game and not 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 so visually games you know I, I really want to I when I'm playing a game I, I want to know the characters the story and, and what that's what driven me yeah I, I personally feel that mechanics game mechanics has their their have their own aesthetics like there is a kind of aesthetic aesthetic feeling that you get while playing a game while executing certain moves or I don't know that's what I'm interested in so game uh, one of my favorite games of all times is Hotline Miami because I think it is a game that that translates gameplay into feelings so so well Mm. you you have a a, an adrenaline rush while playing it it makes you feel like a psychopath psychopath murder <laughs> right yeah and i think the and music plays it, such a part in that yeah everything about it highlights that feeling the music and the the even the graphics they right. are a little bit strange at first but you you while playing the game you notice how important they are right and the story and gameplay so everything tries to 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 pass you that feeling of Psychopathic, psychopathic <laughs> right? And that's one of the things that inspired me when when developing developing bravery. We want the the game to feel feel harmonious. I think yeah. everything must tell the the same story. Everything. So the game, the, the aesthetics and the music, the and the the world, everything is trying to send you the same message. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, I think that is uh, that's it. The, the game isn't uh, only about the art and music and lore and everything. The game is a message, you know. You If you sit there open to receive that message, you get something more than just playing yeah. a game that you think is good, you know. You, you, you'll be different after the game. Everything is trying to pass you the, the same feelings. So that's our goal. At least <laughs> we are trying to get there. <laughs> right. Well, what other, um, anybody else have uh, certain games yeah, they like grew up with that Don't also have an influence? Oh, totally, totally. Yes. <laughs> I think I, I, I'm directing the project right now. And, and what I'm really trying to do is, is thinking in the message, you know, what we are saying with the game. And one, one game that really comes to my mind is Spec Ops The Line, you know. I really oh, love yeah? that game. And after playing the game when it was released, I, I stopped playing video games for two, two years. Oh, so really? And, wow. And I, I only uh, have 
played again to to study to bravery, you know. And after that, I, I got addicted to Counter Strike again. So, <laughs> <laughs> but there is another story, you know. Então, so it's this, it's this kind of thing. The game is not just to play, you know. It's to experience, you know. It's some. We want it to be something more, but we want to be good in the game part. Yeah. Also, I guess the the game is like the the medium to the message that we want to send to the players. Yeah, the, Right. Yeah, and like, oh, let let me talk about the games that I like. Then uh, <laughs> I really, uh, I really enjoyed like playing Shadow of the Colossus, and that's one of the feelings that we're trying to yeah, to pass with the players when they meet the entities. Okay. Like, but not not so much like Shadow of the Colossus because in Shadow of the Colossus you get a lot of power and you can overcome the the entities, and that's that's the feeling that initially we we don't want you the the players you have. Oh, you okay. never want the player to have this feeling oh, of yeah, empowerment. Yeah. No, please, bravery is the opposite of empowerment. Yeah. Like I said. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you know, it is a game that inspired I, all of us. No, uh, Shadow of the Colossus is a great, awesome game. Well, I feel like and, Shadow of Colossus is also the type of game to where, in the very beginning, you feel very weak because you have to yeah. go through all of this trouble to defeat these, you know. Um, uh, these huge creatures, and so I feel like that's also kind of um, how how you feel triumphant through that game is being able to do that. So making your character so strong and being able to defeat anything just makes I feel like takes the fun out of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. In some ways, Shadow of the Colossus, even uh, you you said about the beginning that it's a struggle. It's a real struggle. Even when you get to the last Colossus. Colossus, and you have the, a lot of stamina. It's 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 hard. It's really hard, and right. it's and you get so frustrated sometimes that you want to quit, quit, but oh, I gotta defeat this Colossus, <laughs> and, and that that's the kind of feeling that we're trying to, I don't know, yeah. mess around with yeah, in the player. I, I think the difference is in, in Shadow of Colossus. You know, you you have a chance. You know, in bravery. You don't. Yeah, but, but sometimes <laughs> you get the feeling that uh, yeah. I just can't defeat this Colossus right now. Like, you, you, oh, should I go and search for some lizards and some fruits <laughs> to try to, to defeat this Colossus or should I keep trying? Like, I, I, I'm a huge Col uh, Shadow of Colossus fan. I played like, I'm not kidding. I, I played the game like <laughs> 10 times already. Oh, yeah. I'm a bigger fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Pedro and me, we agree with this. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys uh, really like um, Ico and also The Last Guardian? Yes, yes. I didn't. Not yeah. really. Oh, no? I mean, I don't think they're bad at all, but Shadow of the Colossus is in another level for me. Right. It, it is a game that impacted me a lot. I, I don't know. I, I got to play The, the Last Guardian. I, I got to play Ico too, but I, I didn't like it at first. Right. And... But the the last guardian, I I fell in love like in the first five minutes with the game. It's a, the kind of game that I see today that it's I don't know. It has the the kind of gameplay that how can I say it? Um, no, uh, like the the old game days that when you used to play the co-op, like I don't know what what was the game that Goof Troop, I guess. That you had to play like with your brother or a or a, a friend. Right. It's a SNES game, Genesis game. And when I play Last Guardian, I, I get the feeling that the 
the Colossus. Uh, the, the Guardian. Yeah, the Guardian. What's the name? What's the name of the the, the giant creature? The, the, I don't know. Oh, it's it some a... strange name. I I forget exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, and the feeling that I get it that it's like a friend, like a yeah. good friend, you know. Right. And that that's a good feeling in the game that we don't usually yeah, see. Sure. It is a great game, but it's not Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus is great. Yeah, yeah. it's had so much impact. Yeah, and, and 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 book is not a problem, you know. We love books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you don't love bugs, you can't make it. Yes. <laughs> you need uh, to love bugs. Well, I've uh, I've seen that you guys actually shown the game um, recently publicly. How to, how well did that go through? Yeah. Well, you know that we live in Brasilia, Brazil, right? So the game here is uh, the game industry here is very weak. So. Mm -hmm. The kinds of events that we we participate in Brasilia are not so game developer driven. Yeah, it's not are not so game driven. <laughs> That's ah, it. I see. So we went to a Japanese festival. Yeah, it was a Japanese festival. So people were eating sushi and <laughs> listening to Japanese music, and there was a little part of the the, the festival that was that had a, a little indie game exposition yeah, yeah, yeah. with with some developers from Bra from Brasilia. Oh, okay. So, it's, it's, a, it's a little, but in, in other hands, it's everything you have here, you know? And so it's it's important in a way. Yeah. And, so but, but what, I, what I'm saying is it, it was a little bit strange because not everyone that was there was there to see games. games. Yeah, so yeah, half of, uh, of the public who got to play No Place for, Gra for Bravery, didn't even know what the hell was happening there. <laughs> so, yeah. they, they don't really have a, like, a, a consistent vision of the, the game, indie game industry. Yeah. Like, uh, there was a time that I was at the booth and there came a, a mother with two children and uh, at a point she asked me, why does it have so much blood? And <laughs> they're like, oh! Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. The only, thing, the, the only thing I could tell her was, I don't know, it's meant for teenagers to play. Yeah. Pro probably, <laughs> but probably Bravery Brave will be rated R. <laughs> yeah, we don't care about that. But the, the people who got to play the game were very, very hooked, I think. Nice. The first thing that, that caught people's attention was the graphics, of course. Right. And we got a lot of positive feedback on that. But uh, overall, the it was a good feeling showing the game for the first time out yeah. public. But it was a really, really buggy build version. Yeah. So that was a pain, a pain in the ass. So <laughs> we had to, to restart the, the, the freaking freaking game all the time. <laughs> no, no. Well, you know, okay. you had to run into those that type of things. Of the, the, the business. Yeah, just, just regular things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it do you feel not, like yeah. because you haven't been able to really show it to an audience that really like yeah. takes in video games and stuff that you didn't get very much uh uh what's it called like a reception that you could like base no, yourself I, off of? The reception was good, but I don't know. I know there there are like close friends that are developer developers too. Like we know the guys at the Behold Studio from Chrome Squad and Nice of Penny Paper. Oh okay. 
They are the ones that organize the the India exposition. Yeah, they are big big figures here in Brasilia. They are all we have <laughs> in terms of <laughs> game industry here yeah. in, in Brasilia. But, but what I'm trying to say is that like people that develop and play indie games, the, when they play it, they they get marvelled. I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. like they you you guys are going the right direction. You guys are definitely doing a great job. You, that's the kind of feedback we get in that. I don't know that drivers to to complete the game. Yeah, yeah but we, people who like games get to play bravery and like when we have the the lucky to to the demo working that same time. But <laughs> you know it's hard because the demo has still some bugs. But when they get to play the game for a time enough time to feel what we're trying to to pass to them, then we have really positive comments. Have really like, hey, this is really good. Where are you going? Like, what are you doing? How is it going? To get bigger, yeah, and that's nice. But overall, I think we are really looking forward to showing the game on bigger events like PAX or E3. Yes, Maybe right. Next year, yeah, that'd be yes. really cool. Yeah. Okay. It would be cool. Be cool. <laughs> so, are you guys planning to uh, release a, a demo over the internet by any chance? Right now, we are looking for funding. We want to fund okay. the rest of the development. So we are finishing a vertical slice, a yes. small de demo, and okay. we are probably showing it on to publishers first, so they can help us, and we can see if we can get a, a deal. And if we get, uh, I think we, I think it's, if it's, yeah, if we feel it's good enough, we will send it to, to the press too. Yeah. yeah, I think it's getting closer yeah, now, yeah, but. Yeah. I don't know, a few months, at yeah. least, at the very, yeah. very least. Oh, okay. Well, that's no really months. cool. <laughs> so how long, um, how far along are you guys uh, completely with the game? Uh, I think we're 40% 40 right 40 now. 40%? Yes. No, yeah. okay. That's, that's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. too bad. We, we are finishing the core mechanics. Right. The... And we are we have to finish make the content yes. more more maps and more characters and and enemies. So I think uh, from from July to 2008, the only thing we've been doing will be our archi assets. You know, yeah. everything is kind of kind of. We're getting to to a point where the design is almost ready. We just don't. We only have to make the rest yes. of the assets. Yes. So. Right. It's a good point for us. And that's why Octavio is still programming in the background. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, that's why he's always programming in the background. <laughs> like eating and programming in the background. Yeah. He's... So is there only one programmer in the studio? Wow, that's a lot, oh, man. Yeah, my... Yeah. Uh, I'm just getting into programming. I'm trying to uh, understand the uh, Unreal Engine and Unity. And so it's like, oh, my God, I just <laughs> it's so much. But it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, this is something you really have to uh, train yourself and just make it your yeah. thing. And so I know um, you said, um, which one of you went to? Uh, was it Pedro that went to uh, game developing school? No, so it was Otago. me and me and Otago. 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 Oh, okay. 
Okay, so how did you guys get started into just, uh, you know, wanting that as your career? And, you know, how, um, when did you start going to school? Well, I can speak for myself, but the at some point when I chose a, a college to attend to, it was physics. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and I spent like one year uh, studying physics and calculus and that all that math stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I went to an interchange, like international uh, exchange. So I went to the U.S. and worked for three months in a McDonald's. And these three months, I I was like working my ass off, and uh, and uh, everything I could think of was like I gotta work in something that I love. Right. That's that, that's why I value so much this experience of working in McDonald's. Because, like, it, it was hard, man. It was right. really hard, and all I could think was, I gotta, I that there's no way I can spend a li- uh, life living and working with something that I do not love. Right. And then when I came back, I dropped out of the physics school and I went to the game game design school. Oh and wow! At, at okay. first, at first, I uh, and, and that's the point that uh, I met Otavio. Oh, okay. Uh, so you met in school. Yeah. yeah, Otavio is kind of the unifier, you know. <laughs> 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 so, and at first I wanted to be a programmer, but then I, I got into 3D and I fell in love with 3D modeling. And then I went to art school and that's when I started doing art for games. Yeah. Oh, okay. Otavio is more of a visionary. He, he talks about developing games since we, since we were since we like 14 or 15 and you got to understand that for us here in brazil it's a lot harder to to pursue that kind of career because right. there is no industry here so we can't work on big studios we can't work you can find cannot find work with game development yeah so right. he was just brave to say uh, screw that! Yeah. I'm going to develop games, and I'm yeah, going to create yeah, my own company. It's and, giants. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of funny to talk about Otavio that <laughs> when he was a teenager, like we're Brazilians, right? Uh-huh. He was <laughs> he was striving to be a professional soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He actually. It didn't work out, huh? Yeah, he got a knee injury, and he had to yeah. oh. He had a, big, a really big and bad injury, so he had to quit football, soccer. And oh, so really? He decided to to start developing games. I think he's the weirdest people person in, in <laughs> game development right now. <laughs> uh, well, you guys all love it, right? I mean, you do it every day, so I mean, you're making this great game. So you you're you are where you uh, were meant to be. So it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, we're glad to be here. It is a dream come true. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It is really, really hard and stressful. Oh, I could imagine. You know, I, I've, I've talked to uh, three sets of uh, other people, and why I say sets is, um, I've had three interviews, and they're of uh, of two guys working on the studio, and um, I just I. T- today actually just talked to um, two guys that worked at. Uh, um, Gorilla Cambridge, and they mm-hmm. recently yes. shut down their um, studio, and so now they actually went off and 
they're uh, working on their own game and their company is called uh, Polygon Treehouse and they've created it to where now they're you know, ahead of their work and they're doing it all independently. And even though they came from this big studio, they're like, this is what we want to do. We think this is the right thing. And um, the other two groups that I talked to said the same thing. They worked at big companies and, you know, they ended up, you know, it just didn't work out or, you know, they ended up moving and wanted to do their own thing together and, or found somebody that they could uh, create a company with. And I just find it really cool and interesting that, um, people that had careers in uh, at a big studio that could probably easily go right back into a big studio is working in, um, you know, in an independent way. And I feel like a lot of people are attracted to that um, because of the uh, creative freedom. So Yeah, creative freedom is, is something that it is really good. Yeah. And I can see why they, they made that decision. Yeah, when, you, when, you, when you're creating something that it's yours, it doesn't matter if the team has two people or ten people, but if, if you created it and then it starts to, to be something that I mean, it's alive and you can play it and people can feel when they play and they, you see them smiling. Like, it's like your child, you know, that's, that's really good. You like, Hey, we made it. It's ours. We, yeah. we create that. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I have so, uh, everyone who is doing traveling this path, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Walking this way. We have this, this kind of message. We have something to say, you know, sometimes. <laughs> You need to. We need to fulfill our this feeling, this need. You know, right. I think uh, is this moment is the moment we're being we're living right now. You know, trying to to bring to life our our voice, our message. Yeah. Well, that's great. Okay. You know, I mean, you got to look at how if you want to do what you want to do and you love that thing, then you have to do it in your own way. And I feel like that's how um, a lot of companies have issues with publishers and producers and you know trying to make it a certain way so you know i find it great that with today's tools you can go out and do that and be able to make what uh make something with your creative freedom so yeah it's a great time to be a game developer great time yeah yeah i can only imagine how people suffered 30 years ago yeah Yeah. Yeah, i know yeah i mean go ahead and for us who live in a a country that has no industry, it is the only possible way we can make it here. Of course, we could move abroad and start looking for work in the United States and Canada, but the, this this unity and Unreal and these new technologies that make our life so so much easier, it, it are even more important to us because it's it's the only way we can we can make games from Brazil and from other countries that are apart from the, the global industry. So yeah, it is really really cool. Yeah, and it made, yeah. made made it possible for a lot of people to to follow their dream of being a game developer. Right. And I feel like a lot of people strive to be a part of that like huge company. But, you know, look where you guys are now. I mean, you guys are really lucky to be able to have friends and, you know, colleagues that uh, are able to get together and uh, make something that you can put yourself into, you know, so... And if, you know, that person isn't putting themselves out, you can just fire them, which is awesome. 
Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm someone asking me, ah, how you learn to do that? And the answer is simple, you know, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube, and YouTube. Just do it yourself. Yeah. We it we fun. get a lot of students here in our studio. From, oh, really? From game development uh, yes, here in Brasilia. And they all say the same thing. They all say, well, it's such a dream being able to, to work full-time developing games. So, yeah, you can see that a lot of people want that. that yeah, no. And I think it's really hard to find, um, you know, people that can put their their selves into it and find it to be, yeah, you know, yeah. everything that they would possibly want to do, you know. So I, I, I see. It's, it's the harder spot. Say that again. Yeah, it demands a lot. Yes. What was that? Say that again. It's really demanding. You have to to make a lot of sacrifices to to make it. So it, it is it is hard to to find people that are willing to make these sacrifices. And yeah, we see a lot of people like starting to make games and trying to make games and creating companies around us, like friends of ours who go into gaming industry, to game schools and things like that. But I mean, things fall apart so many times in the process to to make it right and and get it there that sometimes people just give up in, in the process because it's 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 hush. It's not it's not easy to to be able to deal with the bureaucracy of the country and uh, the absence and the, of professionals and to to work with and uh, and the development right. of the game. Yeah, and the and the development of the game, which sure. is of course uh, the hardest part. Yeah, not, not yeah a, the, the actual work. Yeah, it's not so romantic as it seems to. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys think is like the hardest part of game development? Like putting aside, you know, creating story or being able to, you know, create art. How? What is the hardest thing that you do? Uh, I think. Not game. Everyone's going to have a different opinion. Uh, so let's start with two. Uh, I'm. As I say, I'm directing right now, and to me, the the hardest part is to uh, manage people. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, the, you know, even we are working with our dreams and here together, and sometimes making money. We see the the lack of motivation and things like that, and we have to sit and and, and chat about it a lot. You know, it's not it's not easy. Right. Uh, but, but it's but in the end, it's the process. You know, everyone is cheer up and cheer down. Yeah, because sometimes. game development is a collaborative yeah, yeah, yeah. sure oh yeah this for the, the majority of companies right and i think that collaboration is the yeah, hardest yes, part yeah. getting to to i don't know to, to work with other people yeah and to create that motivation and be able to you know get everybody to be on the same page and you know yeah, so yeah. but you know that's what makes a game better see yes yes i, I think that also the, the creative forces uniting to make yeah, a game is what make it so such a, so unique. Exactly. Yeah. There are so many points of views on this game that it makes a different kind of experience. Because I could just write my own music and it would be only mine. You know? yes. But when you put it on a game with Tullius Arch and Jones Animation and and Otavis programming. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's one thing we are, we do here. Like as a, it's kind of what we do all the time is to decide everything together. So we're not like someone is calling the shots in some areas. We're always yeah, yeah. 
sitting everybody and all the seven of us or six of us were chatting and hey what are we going to do now we have this decision and we have different opinions and people who are in love their opinions from in like both sides and that's what where we can be i think so unique at the end of the day because we talk a lot and at the end we are all okay we're going to do this because everyone agreed to yes. not because we voted and people decided yes and we and we know to make a call that will be good to the game you know not not for the personal ego you know not for personal ego yeah that that like that that everyone just said like it happens a lot but at some point we we had to agree that only one person should decide at the point that we set Tulio as a director because it that works for for a lot of things like democracy works sometimes but <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I, we you gotta set a di dictator yeah, right there well, is no dictator no it's good because he, <laughs> he, he that's what I was talking about like we're always talking and then Tulio only say hey guys let's do this way because he listened to everyone and he and everyone said what they were thinking and everyone was like on the same page and okay so let's do it no no let's do it that way because it's better okay it's better let's do it <laughs> right if, if we listen to everyone every time like that's one of the issues we had at, at, a, at some point because like everyone had an opinion and like sometimes we didn't agree so we had to test everyone's opinion and that would take a lot of time to finish a project so yeah okay sometimes that's uh, let's set someone with the vision of the game that's the most consistent one and let's follow that direction right and i think that's what's so great about um, a smaller team is because yeah. you know like you were saying kind of like it's not like a dictatorship or anything I, i've yeah. i've heard i've heard stories in companies and using uh lucas arts as one example that they would be working on you know a game and they'd be like you know 40 through 50 through they spent all these hours creating it and george lucas would be like the overseer and he would look at the game and go ah, i want the protagonist to be a, a woman And be like, well, now everybody's like going insane and setting their computers on fire because the, the it changes absolutely every art and and every single preference in the whole entire game. And you got to pretty much throw out what you just did because he wants a gender to be different. You know, I mean, I've seen a lot of that or I, I say seen. I've heard a lot of that in, um, you know game and the game industry and the film industry and you know just how that could be such an issue with um you know big companies so it's kind of cool to all be friends and even though some of you are going to have your own ideas you know you do have to accept certain things but hopefully not throwing the game away changes you know yeah i guess it's part of main like the main part of working in a team it's like thinking what's the best for the project like setting the goals and and going to towards it right and what, what i think is when i when i'm doing my job here i always think and i always told the, the guys that we we should do something that we want to play you know when so when i'm directing someone i'm thinking what he's saying to me and why what are the games he like and if he if i made that, that decision that call he will play bravery more more happily or enjoy more like it's sort of what's best in my mind yeah. easier to to manage to yeah, yeah, yes. accomplish with a such a small, small yeah, team yeah, so. yes. yeah right now there's there's two lead artists on the game right that would be um tulio, tulio and 
Oh, okay. Okay. And <laughs> so how do you guys uh, work together? And like, I mean, are, are your preferences uh, very alike or you guys have completely different tastes? I know, um, even though uh, I went to the game development school, Tulio has a background in illustration. So uh, since the beginning, that he, when he came to the company, I always had a, a huge respect for his work. So uh, I, I got myself into the position of, okay, let's do what Tulio tell, tells me to do because he, he has more, more experience. Right. And even today, like when I got into uh, the 2D animation and pixel art animation, it, I really didn't think I should do it. Like because it, it was something that I have never done before. Sure. But Tulio just said, "Jumps, you will do it." <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I'll try. And then it, it worked worked out just fine. Yeah. It worked like, it's really it's well. it's really a well. work that now I take pride in. So uh, as I said, like I, I respect his work and the way he does things. And that's what what makes me feel comfortable being under his wing, I guess. Oh, that's yeah. uh, that's a very nice way to put it when you want to raise. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, coming on this podcast and talking about the game, and you know, you guys are so open with it, and I I can easily see how um, passionate you are about this project. So you know, I'm. Excited to see you know more uh, more stuff come out, uh, more trailers, and hopefully a demo soon. And so yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. thank you for being me on the too. podcast. We're... <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'd like to thank you so much for the opportunity. It's really we're really proud of, of being part of this podcast, and we we have listened to your other podcasts, and they're really good. So thank you so oh, well, much for that. I really here. appreciate that. And well, soon as we have the demo we want to have, we will send you the more. <laughs> I would really appreciate your that. Feedback. We will appreciate that so much. Too. All right. And I want 100 free copies of the game when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when we started, we received a lot of. Sounds good. We already have a lot of people. <laughs> I bet. Oh God. But yeah. these people don't have podcasts, and they are not like like boys. You are so. <laughs> we can manage things. Don't worry. <laughs> They're listening. Just so you know. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> you can cut this part out. Yes, <laughs> nope. Staying in. Sorry. No. Well, where where can we find you guys? Uh, where what is your website and what is your Twitter? Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Bravery Game. Yes, it's at Bravery Game. Um, our we have the company website, which is gfactorygames.com or glitchfactorygames.com. And we have a, a website for the Brave for Bravery Two. It's an old one. We're developing a new one but, right uh, yeah, now. Yeah, it's broken right it's, now. <laughs> really broken, but you can do it's just uh, no place for bravery.com. So you can al already, I mean, check it uh, two months from now and you will see that it will be a beautiful site. I can and promise. We're on Instagram too. <laughs> yeah, we're on Instagram too. And uh, Instagram we are posting is, a lot of things. Instagram is at Defector Games, right? Yeah, Defector okay. Games. Defector Games from, from Glitches. There are a lot of Insta stories there. So if yeah. people want to check out the daily 
development process and people being uh, weird. To yeah, you want to put faces to, to the voices, just go there and we will be there. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, you know, I, I'll be watching the uh, development of the game as it goes on, and maybe I can get you guys back onto the podcast once the game is released or close to release oh, and sure. talk yeah. about it some more. So, ah, that would be great. That would yeah. be great. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being on. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, who will listen to it. We're really proud of, of talking to you guys. Oh, well, thank you. You guys have a great weekend, and um, I hope the best for your development, all right? Thank okay, you, thank you. You too. Bye, all right. Thanks, guys. Bye, Jane. Pleasure. Pleasure.